Welcome to Healthcare Beat, a healthcare podcast brought to you by Seifarth Shaw's cross-disciplinary healthcare team. Each beat will focus on key industry trends and the latest developments while identifying practical takeaways for those in this space. I'm Adam Lawton, partner in Seifarth's corporate department and host of Healthcare Beat. Let's jump in. On today's episode, we're joined by Adam Young, a colleague at Seifarth and a member of the firm's workplace safety and environmental practice. Adam, welcome to the Healthcare Beat. Thank you very much for having me, Adam. So today is a bit of a follow-up on an episode we did a couple months back talking about vaccine mandates. Obviously, there's been a lot of news around this. And so we wanted to really take the discussion that we had before and bring it up to date. I know that the OSHA mandates have been sort of up in the air with courts and stuff. What's the current status of those mandates? Sure. Yeah. So the Biden administration put in place multiple vaccine mandates to try to get as much of the American public vaccinated as possible. And they did it through through employment law, through against employers, which had varying levels of success. One of the mandates was through OSHA, they had an emergency temporary standard for employers, 100 employees or more, and the Supreme Court threw that out. In a pretty strong 6-3 decision, the Supreme Court said that OSHA had exceeded its authority, and rather than litigate the matter, OSHA has decided just to revoke that 100-plus employee worksite or an employer mandate. So that one is, is effectively dead. There are a couple of other mandates that are still upheld by the courts or still in some form of litigation. Well, one is applying to federal contractors, and then the other is from CMS, the Center for Medicaid and Medicare Services. That mandate is still in effect, and there are deadlines that passed that we'll talk about in more detail and some deadlines coming up March 15th to ensure compliance with those vaccine mandates. So now that OSHA has you know, totally, well, I guess for the large employers, dropped its vaccine mandate, is it still trying to do anything in the realm of preventing or halting or slowing COVID-19? Yeah, absolutely. Throughout the pandemic, healthcare has been the primary focus of OSHA's enforcement related to COVID-19. And the reason is obvious that they see more of a foreseeable hazard to employees who are working with people that we know have COVID-19. So they've targeted healthcare and they've targeted nursing homes from the outset. They had issued a healthcare ETS, so a specific emergency temporary standard that dealt just for healthcare employers. It was in effect for six months in the first year of the Biden administration, so in 2021, and it expired in December. But some portions of that weren't promulgated under the emergency temporary standard authority. They were promulgated under OSHA's record keeping authority. So with regard to record keeping, the rules from that healthcare ETS are still good, and OSHA has issued record keeping citations against many hospital employers in the United States. And essentially what they're saying is you as an employer failed to maintain a COVID log, you failed to properly evaluate and do a work-relatedness analysis of cases, and you failed to either record those cases on your log or report them to OSHA. And it's, it's a very big deal because it's bringing allegations against hospitals that they're somehow hiding COVID cases that they occur. But there are a lot of defenses to those. And you know, if you, if you are facing a record-keeping inspection, or citations from OSHA, they're often very defensible because it's, it's incredibly difficult to prove where anyone contracts a transmissible disease. And then in terms of other enforcement we're seeing under the, the respiratory protection standard is a very common one, that employers in healthcare are exposing individuals to COVID-19 patients or PUIs, people under investigation, and those folks aren't wearing an N95 or similar respirator. And I have noticed throughout the pandemic that 
you know, a lot of hospitals weren't fully compliant with what they need to be doing for a respiratory protection program. So that's a written program, that's fit testing, that's medical evaluation for every single respirator that you're going to use. You need to have a fit test for that respirator. So that, that's been a, a compliance challenge and hurdle for a lot of folks in the healthcare community. Thanks, Adam. Let's turn to now the CMS mandate, because I, I, I think it's been under similar challenges from various places and various plaintiffs trying to challenge it. Where do we stand with the CMS vaccine mandate? Yeah, so the, the CMS mandate was challenged in federal court in several states, and it was enjoined in 25 states. And mostly sort of red or purple states were those that challenged the CMS mandate and, and had the injunction applicable. So there, there's two different sets of deadlines for the states that had the uh, injunction applicable to them and, and those that did not. The Supreme Court has weighed in and said CMS does have the power to require vaccination and that the CMS mandate is lawful for those states that are not impacted by the, the preliminary injunctions. All policies and procedures have to be developed and implemented by February 28th, 2022. If less than 100% of staff are vaccinated, the facility is in non-compliance with, with that CMS mandate. What uh, the CMS mandate says, well, if the facility can show 90% are vaccinated, and there's a plan to get to 100% within 30 days, so I, I believe that would be March 30th, then that would be compliant. And that's different than the states that are impacted by the preliminary injunctions. That requirement is for March 15th. 2022, that uh, they're supposed to be in full compliance by March 15th. And, and, and I do want to maybe take a bit of a victory lap here, because I think on our last podcast, I think we agreed that, you know, OSHA's authority to issue this rule was somewhat, you know, up in the air, uncertain. On the CMS rule, the, the way that CMS did their mandate, it was as one of the conditions of participation of, you know, hospitals and other types of facilities in Medicare and CMS certainly has the authority to set certain conditions for participating in what are ultimately voluntary healthcare reimbursement programs. So their authority was likely to be upheld. And voila, that's exactly what happened. I think it also bears mentioning for those who you know may still be in you know one of those states where the CMS vaccine mandate is now applicable, but maybe you haven't hit your deadline yet, pointing out that Unlike the OSHA ETS, the vaccine mandate from CMS does not have a you know, what I call a release valve for sort of, you know, masking and testing. So the OSHA mandate, you could in some circumstances test or mask your way out of having to comply with CMS. That's simply not the case. CMS, it's get vaccinated or get a new job is to put it bluntly the rule. Yeah, that's absolutely right, Adam. They call it the hard mandate, which is a little bit different. Um, while we anticipated that most employers in healthcare would adopt hard mandates on their own, that's definitely what's being required by CMS for, for a range of healthcare facilities. We did think that the OCETS was eventually going to be thrown out on the merits because it's a bit of a new thing to require vaccination and maybe extended beyond their authority. However, OSHA absolutely has the authority to regulate aerosolized transmissible diseases in the workplace and issue emergency temporary standards and standards where those uh, hazards are present and potentially are uh, affecting employees. California and California OSHA has issued an ATD or aerosolized transmissible disease standard 
that's being proposed for the federal government as well. Um, so we're closely tracking that. If we can find uh, that there's more progress on an ATD standard coming out, we'll, we'll let healthcare employers know. And Adam, I know that our attorneys have gotten some questions often over the past few months about medical removal pay and how is that affected by the healthcare ETS and the vaccine mandates? Yeah, well, after the healthcare ETS expired in December, employers under federal law are not required to pay medical removal pay anymore. So this is for the individuals who have COVID, who are isolating or quarantining and are out of the work site. You used to have to pay medical removal pay for those folks when they were away. No longer the case under federal law. However, there's state laws pertaining to testing, pertaining to medical removal, pertaining to vaccination, all of which may require that the employee is compensated for the cost of the test or the cost of the time or you know their leave when they're away. And we have many resources in terms of matrices and surveys for any employer that's struggling to comply with state law on any of those issues. So one last question, I think, because you, you mentioned this earlier, that there had been a healthcare-specific ETS. And I think where that sort of fits into this puzzle is that the CMS vaccine mandate applies to facilities which accept Medicare and are Medicare participating facilities, all, you know, hospitals, nursing homes, various other things. But there are a lot of facilities or locations where healthcare services are delivered that are not CMS certified. So the most obvious being doctor's offices, like every doctor's office, doctor's office does not have to comply with CMS mandate. They used to have to comply with the healthcare ETS, which was not a vaccine mandate. But, you know, what you're saying is that healthcare ETS expired, has gone away. So that's not even in place anymore. Yeah, the healthcare ETS expired, except for the record keeping components. Employers, if you're not covered by the CMS mandate, you're not covered by a mandate at all. I think that um, a lot of doctor's offices probably weren't covered by the OSHA ETS because they probably didn't have 100 employees. But there are definitely some, you know, who are part of larger networks that were. Yeah, I, I know in my process of explaining this to multiple different clients, it's not just a, this one or this one. It's a let's triangulate between these three and see where we come out and what you have to do and how you might be able to modify your operations to fit under one or the other. But now it's two of the three legs of that stool have been completely cut away. And so we're just left with the one. So, Adam, I really want to thank you for your time and sharing your expertise and insight with us today. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today for another edition of CyFarth's Healthcare Beat podcast, bringing you the latest developments and pressing issues in healthcare. So you'll never miss an episode. Be sure to visit CyFarth.com, where you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or SoundCloud. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a five-star rating and share the podcast with your friends and colleagues. We look forward to having you with us again soon.